once I have a trained model of AI, which again is just giving it information and answering questions, now I can say, write me a blog post. And guess what it does? It gives you a really good blog post or a really good email or really good social media captions or whatever you want. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Cope, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Coke. And today we are starting to talk about AI, the impacts it might have on your business as it relates to building out your team. And I am by no means an expert in this. Actually, one would argue there are no experts in this topic because it's such a new thing. But I am joined with a friend of mine to dig into this. And, and really, you, you're listening in as we're kind of having this first conversation around what AI could mean for your workforce, your teams, and how to start embracing the use of it. So help me in welcoming Jim Carter to the show. Jim is a passionate technology coach with over 25 years of experience specializing in advising social impact organizations, brands, and experts on maximizing growth using content and technology. He co-leads a mastermind program that hosts both in-person and virtual events to teach entrepreneurs essential business skills and creating a lasting impact. And with a focus on AI, tech, tech expertise, and mentorship, Jim empowers entrepreneurs to harness the power of artificial intelligence in their daily lives and businesses. So I'm so excited for you to listen in on this conversation, and I think it will help you feel a little bit more comfortable exploring how AI can start to be woven into your business and your team. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today and that you agreed with my crazy Instagram idea to come on the show and, and record this conversation that we're going to have about the future of as we know it um, today on what day is it? April 14th, which it might be different tomorrow, but um, thanks for coming on the show. Crazy Instagram DM ideas are my favorite. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here. There's a lot of uh, talk, of, obviously, in the world about AI and chat GPT and all of the things. And I've been leveraging it in my business in some ways. But because I am, you know, I do recruiting in HR for, for my business, I'm thinking a lot about how it can change businesses in general in terms of like their workforce and how it can be leveraged. And so that's something I've been paying a lot of or putting a lot of thought into, I guess. I don't I'm not an expert, but it's like interesting to watch and see. And so you had posted um some like really cool new AI tools that have come out and I was like, "Oh my gosh, these ones are so great. I'm going to use them, especially the Excel one." And yeah, then I was, was like awesome oh, I should talk to Jim about this and we should record this conversation. So for listeners, that's the crazy Instagram uh, message story. I, I sent him a message <laughs> saying like, hey, thanks so much for sharing this. Do you want to chat? <laughs> Little context goes a long way. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so before we dive too too quickly into the topic, can you just give listener, like introduce yourself, give a little... I love I love also hearing founder stories, and I know you've been an entrepreneur um, in a few different capacities. So, can you just share a little bit about with yourself with listeners? 
Yeah, of course. And and really quickly, you, you mentioned that expert thing. And that, that's the truth is nobody's an expert at this yet. It's it's still so new and it's evolving so rapidly. But there there are advocates in the space and I am one of them, which is why I was so grateful that you invited me to to join and talk about this because this is what I love is is finding creative ways to use technology for the better good. And that really is the ethos that I've evolved to professionally. So I got started really early on, um, probably when I was about uh, 15 or 16. My parents got a very early computer. My dad uh, tried to learn how to program with it, couldn't figure it out, handed me a DOS for Dummies book that he bought that he didn't want to read. And I ended up teaching him how to actually program. And then he was like, oh, Jimmy has an idea of how to actually do this. And yes, everybody called me Jimmy as a kid. So that's, <laughs> I don't think I ever said that out loud, uh, probably to you. But all of my high school friends, everybody always talks, asks about how Jimmy's doing. I feel like everybody and has a friend, Jimmy, from high school. Everybody I do. has a Jimmy from high school, for <laughs> sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I really, I picked up on programming and, and tech just very early on. And I found that I loved this innate ability that I had, this desire to be able to build things. You know, I'm, I am handy with my hands, but not in that way where it's like I ever really got into, you know, mechanical things and stuff like that. But I've, I found this passion for software. I just found that I, I could create the future by getting it out of my head and structuring it in a way that it actually made sense. So I picked up on programming really early on, and I was able to do some really good damage in the, in the early days with that uh, from building shopping cart websites in the late 90s to... Uh, doing a little bit more on like the back end side of technology, working with big databases and, and things like that. I mean, very, very early on, I, I got a contract with Robbins Research International. So I built a good chunk of Tony Robbins uh, mastery oh, registration system. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I had, I had a lot of fun. Um, I, that, that was like an early sign into what I really loved. And God, I've done so much with tech over the years. And I've been a founder. I've worked as an entrepreneur. As an, as an, as an engineer for entrepreneurs. And what I found is that over the years, I've spent over two decades being in software and technology. I've seen a lot of evolutions of it. And I've never been more excited than I am now about what AI can do. And it's not just AI, but it's it's AR and VR and XR and and all of these different mixed reality types of ways that we can incorporate different ways to perceive life in a way that that fits into our world. Uh, in fact, one of the, the the biggest things that I'm proud of that I did is I led a team for Verizon Media and I, I scoured the globe to find, I think I ended up finding four programmers that understood logic like this, this detailed and like had that math knowledge and everything. And we built the augmented reality platform that's now implemented in Yahoo's ad platform. And it was one of the most fun projects I've ever led. But the, the impact is there, right? The ability to, to be on one of the largest ad networks in the world and be able to bring that kind of thing to people, that's just one way of using a piece of AI into our daily life. So now, after lots of startups and working with different um, entrepreneurs and individuals and studios, I lived in the Bay Area for a while, you know, moving back to Los Angeles, I just found that it brings me so much joy to find ways to serve other entrepreneurs and CEOs and small business owners by by maybe just calling out things that they just don't see coming with technology. And I just, some people ask like, what's your superpower? For, for me, it's taking really big, complex 
technical ideas and distilling them down and making them bite-sized so we can understand it no matter how you profile yourself as team technical, team non-technical. And uh, that's what I love to do is, is really distill that and make sense of it, but also dream big and find ways that we can save and make more money with, with AI and mixed reality media. Amazing. I love that. I didn't, I learned, I feel like I know, I know you so well because you're, you're so close to, to my boyfriend, Nick, but then I'm like, you know what? I actually don't really know your background or what you've done. So thank you for sharing that. Um, One thing I find to be so interesting, which is sort of, I think that it's an interesting, I'm going to share it because I do think it ties into what we're going to talk about is, so I worked in, you know, tech startups in Los Angeles and have been involved in, in that space for, um, about six or seven years. And when I first got into the tech scene, even seven years ago, there was so much demand on like, you need to hire someone with startup experience. They, because they knew a lot of like the newer tools that were coming out, like the confluences, like the stuff, the, the slacks, like all of like the newer stuff that was coming out back then were so critical to being successful in some of these startups and then also being scrappy and and lots of different things. And what I've found over the last few years as I'm starting to work with more small business owners who maybe don't come from the VC tech world in in San, um, San Francisco is that now every company is using those tools that used to make tech startups so interesting and different, I guess. Um, And so what I'm finding when I'm recruiting for people, it's actually less about finding people who've worked in startups and more about finding people who've worked in small businesses because all of these softwares are now available to all of these small business owners. Um, And so I don't know, I don't know if that's a, that's just a comment and something that I've noticed is like, it's so much more democratized now. Like every company can have access to these tools. And I think AI is one of those that isn't just reserved for the, for Silicon Valley. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's the evolution of the startup culture, I believe, right? We, we, we popularized it to the point where now it's almost a badge of honor. And there's nothing wrong about that, right? Because um, I was just having this conversation with somebody else, I think on another podcast is like, what is it about the startup culture that some people love and some people like they want to run as far and fast away from it as possible? And, and for me, I, I've loved it. I, I think it's the, it's the idea of starting fresh and being scrappy and trying to get early product market fit, channel market fit, you know, one of them. So that way you can actually just plant a flag and say, yeah, I did it. You know, I, I was there first. Um, I, I, was able to, I was able to express what was in my mind and get it out there and people are using it and they're, they're seeing some kind of return from it. But it used to be like a, like a closed club of like, Oh, you use Slack. You must be like ahead of the game. Or um, I remember one of the co-working spaces I used to work in, in San Francisco, I sat right next to intercom, which is like the, the messaging tool and all that stuff. And their entire company fit in my co-working space, like in a corner. I think there was like 30 people there. Look at them now. Right. So you just, that's one of my favorite things actually about like the startup culture is, I sat next to one of the first Android developers for Uber, probably, God, in 2013, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago now. And, uh, and he's a good friend, you know, and I've seen what he's done since and things, but you just never know when you're willing to kind of go outside your comfort zone. But now it's to the point where when, when, when chat GPT was dropped on us last November, in November of 2022, 
it was a game changer for those that understood the importance of it because OpenAI is a seven-year-old overnight success, right? People think they just came up with the tech and they built a little interface and they threw it out there. They couldn't be more wrong. They have poured so much work into that. It was revolutionary because it was so ready for mass consumption. And they've managed to keep up that demand pretty well. And as an engineer, I know what goes into building those APIs and those systems. And it blows engineers away about the the importance of how widely available they were able to make it. And it's the reason that it's the number one fastest growing SaaS-based type of product in history of technology. So when you, when you think about all of those things that have to come together, startup culture, trying to you know, get a household name into a piece of technology, and then the fact that it's now all over the news. I mean, how, Jackie, I, I'm already teaching my daughters how to search with ChatGPT and how to use it and how to type in the right kind of prompts. And at first they're like, dad, what, what are we doing? Right? Like, and I'm like, I'm showing you an insight into your future. Like you already use Google, right? Yes. Like every pretty functioning human here probably uses Google, but it wasn't always like that. We, we had to understand it and all that, but it's still a search term. You just go in, you ask for something and you distill what you want out of it. The difference is now you ask it better questions and it's going to give you a wildly better output. And that's the most exciting thing for me is I can kind of see the future through my daughter's eyes because they're not biased by society and everything else. They're just, they're just understanding curious. what a tool is that's available to them. They're curious. You're exactly right. It's so funny. My, um, I've been doing recruiting for, God, a very long time, 20 years. And when you first started recruiting, I'm like a Boolean search queen. Like you have to be good at Boolean searches, right? And so I, w- I was talking to my my colleague, Molly, and I was like, we're going to be so good at ChatGPT because we've been doing searches with keywords and all of these things for like 20 years um, back when you had to search for resumes on Monster and, and all of this stuff. So I know it doesn't totally translate, but it just oh, made no, me giggle I remember those how, days. Yeah. how like I had to learn that, you know, and it's the same thing for sure. Okay. So one thing that's keeping me, there's two things about the workforce lately that I think a lot about and I ponder about, and I'm probably not taking as much action as I could, but I do think about it a lot. And one is the future of remote work and how you either have to learn how to set up an asynchronous workforce or not. Like if you, or you have to learn how to do it, otherwise you're probably going to not make it long-term, right? So like, I think about that a lot. And that's a whole nother conversation for sure that we can have. But I think too many business owners are too, are so unwilling to change the way that they do work and think about work that it's going to kill their business. And I think, so that keeps me up at night thinking about how can I help you as a small business owner help manage manage a remote team and set up workflows that help your team work better and all of that stuff. And then the second is AI and how that's going to change the types of jobs that are available in the future and the types of people that you hire. Both of them, I think, are kind of related, but those are these are the two things that I'm thinking a lot about right now and like literally want to, I don't know, maybe that's my future business. I don't know what it is, is setting those things up. But what I wanted to dig into with you today is this, this the AI component and um, how if you're for listeners on the show who are a small business, who are not maybe in, you know, the tech scene or the startup scene, how can they start to think about AI in their business? Maybe is the first question. Um, because yeah, that's the first question. Like, do you have 
best practices or thoughts on where they should even start to think about how this fits into their business workflows and systems? Yeah, of course. No, it's a great question. And and starting right there is perfect, which is, okay, I hear about this. I hear, I understand the urgency. Maybe I'm not ready to fully dive into it, but how can I at least open up to see what's possible? And this would be no different than, like, let's zoom out and say, let's say you ran your entire business with your whole team on email and you find inefficiencies in that, right? You're tired of copying every single person on every email. So you're like, okay, well, what other tech can I use that might make it a little simpler? You could consider Teams. You could consider Slack. You could consider uh, even Zoom has like a chat feature now if you're on Zoom all day, right? So how, how, how can you use technology creatively and more efficiently to reduce cost and to possibly even profit more while you're at it? It's the same exact concept. So the way that I like to break down where the opportunity lies is start by finding the factors that take away from your life. Do you find yourself continually staring at a blank canvas every time you want to write a marketing email? Do you find yourself not knowing what graphics you want to create when you go into Canva? Do you find yourself having a podcast and feeling like it's too much work to promote it? Do you find yourself wanting to share your word with the world, but you don't know where to start and you feel like you got to set everything up and do all these other things? I mean, while we're recording this, Jackie, AI is a big piece of all of these things. Another way to think about AI is just an algorithm. It, it's, a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very high level structured algorithm, no different than the fact we're recording this and I can see you in real time. You're, you're in your home, I'm in mine. And AI and an algorithm is figuring out how to keep up with everything going on. It's changing how quick that it produces the video and it's doing things in the background. When, when we just take a minute and realize that it's already here, it's not like it's there and we have to go get it. It's available to us. I, I just, I want everybody to start by just thinking, what can I do right now that if I'm just willing to try something, maybe it could actually save me some money. Every time that you feel like you don't want to show up, can AI just help you get there a little bit faster? Like that, I think that's just the mindset that we all have to employ for a minute. Because the minute that we realize that there are things in business that we love and we want to do more of those, and there are things in business that we despise and we want to do less of those, you're in hiring, you understand this, this is why we find a team. Well, maybe we don't even have to get into team yet. Maybe we can just take some ownership of ourselves, and we can maximize it. So that way, when we're ready for a team, you actually have more things to give them. Like Jackie, how many times do you hire somebody for somebody and they say they're ready, but they bring them in and they're like, oh no, they're actually not ready. Oh, all the time. We get caught up in the game of business. So now it's an opportunity to say, I've actually got an assistant. I just have to ask it some questions and I can keep asking it questions and I can keep having it give me some output to understand if that's really a viable thing that I need for my business. Now, I know this is all theoretical, but I want to start there because I think we have to start with the mindset of why do we even care? Yeah. I also think, you know, it, I when you're saying that, I think about something sort of related. So for, I know I mentioned the Excel AI thing that you sent over, but I am, um, I cheated my way through my entire Excel class in college, like borrowed someone's CD and turned in their projects. I was like, I'm not going to need this. What the hell? I should have actually tried. So like, I can't, I don't, I have to Google every formula because I don't know how they are. But when I'm doing something in Excel, I'm like, 
there has to be a better way to do this. Like it instantly comes to my head because I know that I cheated my way through that class and I don't know everything. So it's, I feel like it, the, the same concept could be applied to anything that's frustrating you or feels like it's taking too long. Is like, there has to be a better way to do this. Like, how can I explore what that's like? Um, so that's what came to mind to me, for me, when you were, were sharing that is like, I think that multiple times a week, like in Excel, there has to be a way to do this. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And and uh, the concept here, going a little bit technical for a minute, this is considered a microservice technology. It's one thing that does one thing really well, like one service that does one thing really well. Um, uh, the, the concept of a microservice um, kind of in, in everyday life could be, let's just say Zoom. Zoom is a microservice for video communication. We're recording on Riverside. Riverside is a microservice. It does one thing. This is all it does. It records and it puts it all together. So it's excellent. It's not an all in one. It does everything for you type of a, a situation. G suite and all that, that is not a microservice. That is a, that is a, it's a portfolio. It's a body of work of software, right? Everything works together. So that's ten, that's ten, that tends to be where we get overwhelmed is when there's so much opportunity and everything's out there. We don't know where to start. But the reason that I post a carousel a day of my top five AI products now, and I can't keep up with them, is because these are coming out constantly because the technology is there for developers to take it. And that's why, like, my wife sent me that AI Excel bot one, and I was like, this is cool. I got to post this one. You should have seen the DMs I got from that. You were one. And I use it, too. I'm a programmer and I still Google all the functions because I, I don't know. Like, I don't, exactly. I don't remember it. But you know but enough to know when, that when it's you, there. You're like, yeah. I know it's here. <laughs> right. And, and it's also easy to get overwhelmed with, okay, Jim, well, now if I'm using a service for everything in my business, I just, I've got 38 browser plugins and I've got all the software and now am I even in business? Yes, there there is a, there is a point where you kind of have to recoil for a hot second and then like take inventory. But my, my, my challenge here to the way to think about it is, you know your zone of genius. What is that? For you, Jackie, it's hiring. So can we just reduce the things that take you away from that so that way you can conserve more of your high hourly rate and you can find more ways to resource what that is and the things that bring you more joy? It can be that simple. And that's why I love what AI can be. So if you if you find yourself feeling like you won't send email marketing because you need to send email marketing, well, remove the 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 remove the need that it has to happen and just use a tool like ChatGPT to train it, which isn't hard. Training it now is having a conversation with it and showing it the way you like to show up in email, and then asking it to write an email. And I'm never condoning copying and pasting and just publishing, but what I'm saying is if it can get you. 50% of the way there, 80% of the way there. In in my cases, it gets me almost 95 plus percent of the way there now because I know how to work with it. And this is what I love teaching. Then it reduces the friction and it just lets you go. So now you can actually focus and you can spend time on sales calls, on building your team, on hiring, on marketing, on actually creating content that makes sense to you. And that's where I see the opportunity. Yeah. So there's a lot of testing and trying of these tools to figure out what you need help with and what ones work best for you. But one of the things that I, um, are you, there's this, there's this book called generalists. I don't know if you've, it's like generally, I, I don't remember the exact title. I, I, sh I should get the t exact title, but essentially is like a, 
a case for why generalists are such good employees. And so oftentimes what I've seen is like when you're a small business, there's a there's a point to this conversation. I know it seems like a segue listeners, but I swear we'll circle it back. So like when you're when you have a small business and you're hiring your first five people, you need people who are kind of good at a lot of different things. Like they're 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 not experts in any one thing, but like they're they they know a little bit about everything in marketing for your marketing person, right? And they can like get you to the next level. And then all of a sudden you realize that holy shit, email is like a whole job. So then you hire an expert in email marketing and you start to like, once you get to a certain size, then you have five people on your marketing team who are experts in an aspect of it, right? And then once you get too big, then you have to hire another generalist to kind of like oversee it. So you kind of like go in and out, right? And so as I'm thinking about AI, I'm like, holy shit, like, do you actually need a a finance person and a marketing person like in the future? Or like, could you really just hire somebody who knows a little bit about everything that can then find the right tools who are experts at stuff? Like, are the days of experts gone is like uh, something I ponder a lot. So I guess I'm curious if anything comes up for you with that question, or if you think that's it's interesting. Great question. I love that. And and I'll, I'll preface that by saying, I may not be the best person to answer that, but is anybody, right? Because we, we just don't know what's coming with, with the technology and, and what's available to us. I, I, I think this kind of, I think this tails into the broader conversation that we really wanted to have, which is what does this do to the workforce? And the answer is unknown. But what I do know is that you can be an expert in something, but if you don't adapt, you still will die. Like you, you can, you can have a body of knowledge. You can, you, you, you can talk about it your whole life. It, it can be your ethos. It can be your Ted talk. I mean, it, it can be your thesis of, of everything you do, but if you're still not willing to see how you might be wrong over time or how something may prove you wrong, over time, then are you really still an expert? That, that's the way, that's what comes up for me. And again, I, I could be absolutely wrong. This is my humble opinion in this case, because I'd like to say I know a lot about technology and I've experimented with a ton of different tech and I focus on it and I study it. And it means a lot to me because it's a big piece of my life. And it's also a piece of my identity. Am I the best technologist in the world? Of course not. Do I want to be? No. Um, that that's that's a different level of commitment, but where I can focus and I can get really good at one thing, I can be an advocate for it. But I still welcome people to challenge what I say and and status quo. Now, where I'm willing to adopt and to learn, if I say something right now and somebody has a different opinion, I welcome that. And I what I see is the evolution of that happening so much faster because we're able to test and iterate and to try things at a faster rate than ever before. And somebody who may not be technical can easily get the same quality output by using a very high level technical service, like a mid journey, like a dolly, like a chat GPT, like the AI Excel bot thing that we have there. Like by typing in natural language that I wanted you to find this cell and do this math and then look it up over here, it wrote a phenomenally complex function that, I'm very confident I would not have been able to figure out or it would have taken me the whole day to do it. And I got the same gratification, if not more, 
by getting it done fast and knowing that it was actually pretty good than me feeling like I had to be an expert to go figure it out. So I'm right there with you that if we're democratizing the workforce, in a sense, that might be the right or the wrong word, I'm not sure, but I think we can play with that for a minute. If we're democratizing workforce and we're letting AI do a lot of the big tasks, then the expertise really falls on, I think, the strategy component. As long as you have a strategy that carries your business to the way that you want it to go, I don't want AI to replace that. I think it can get us closer to it, but nothing will ever, nothing to me will ever replace something like this, having a conversation, enjoying the human connection component of it. The, the reason for living, we're mammals, we, we want to coexist. But if we can still do business and we can still have a better quality life that much faster and more effectively, and it doesn't take our joy and our peace away from us to get there, then I say game on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that AI is going to get rid of people in business or I, or anything like that. Like, I don't think it's going to get rid of jobs by any means. But I do wonder if, well, it also kind of reinforces what people have been saying forever is that, you know, your, um, I don't know if soft skills is the right word, but like emotional intelligence, your ability to problem solve, like all of the softer skills become more and more important actually. I feel like with having these these types of technical like things at our fingertips, like I, I imagine a world where like the most important skills that I look for is somebody who's curious, somebody who's resourceful, someone who takes initiative, someone who knows how to um, create a business case for why to test something. Like those are like the most important qualities versus somebody who knows how to code in some aspect or, or something like that. Like, I think those are going to become more and more important because those will be the people who are willing to test using, using some of these really, um, cost-effective and, and more better tools, more effective tools, but. Yeah. Agreed. And it's, uh, I, I think a, a wonderful way to kind of paint that picture is we all start somewhere, right? I had my very first job when I was 16 and I was a receptionist, um, you know, and I, I worked behind the counter, right? We had people who started fast food and service-based industry, but you you learn those skills by actually doing the work, right? Now, you become an expert by putting the time in, by, by paying your dues, by showing up, by asking a lot of questions, by finding mentors, by hiring coaches, by, by doing the work, right? Now, the, the interesting thing here is that AI is a representation the output of AI is a representation of its input. So what I mean by that is AI gets its information the same way you get your information from Google. It scrapes the web. It makes an understanding of it. But you as the consumer of the output of AI, it's your responsibility to have the understanding to ask it better questions to get a better answer. So anybody can go on ChatGPT right now and they can say, write me a blog post. And it'll do something and you might be impressed. I was impressed the first time I got it. But when I read it, I was like, well, this is actually pretty crappy. Like I, I would never publish this. And then you ask yourself why? Well, it's no different than why am I making minimum wage by standing behind a counter and just answering phone calls or, you know, taking people in. It's because you haven't done the work. It's because you're not curious enough yet. It's because you haven't given yourself the time and the space to put that work in to understand the right questions to ask. So if we paint that parallel, now I don't just go to GPT and I say, do this task for me. I say, if I want to write a marketing email, I start with saying, 
act as a professional email marketing expert, write a, and then fill in the blank. You know, like what you're doing is you're building a Mad Lib, basically. You're building a Mad Lib for what you want. Um, create an email journey for me that talks to this exact person. Embrace the fact that they are unknowing of why you're writing this email. Make it in first person. Talk about the fact that it comes from me. My name is Jim. Talk, you know, explain these different things, highlight these bullet points, be curious, but also, you know, be professional. Don't forget to add some casual components. If you know me, I'm a, I am throw dad jokes into pretty much everything I do. So throw a dad joke in there while we're at it to make it personal. You, you put all this together and then you can even team it up to say, if you are not comfortable, this is the prompt you could type. If you're not comfortable with the output and don't feel you have enough information to create this, ask me as many questions as you need until you have the confidence and guess what it'll do. It'll come back and say, great, I'm missing a couple things. Please answer these questions for me. And it'll, you can answer these questions and it'll go back and you're, you're, you're just training it. So it's no different you're than basically you going like training it like an employee. You're exactly doing that. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jackie, is you're, you're asking your boss the same questions as you're asking AI to better your human potential. And that's where it gets really exciting. So now I don't just go in there and I type in some stuff and say, give me an output. I take the time to train it. And by training it, I mean, you copy and paste stuff in there. You, you give it information, you teach it some information. And then you say, now I can go in there. And I, once I have a trained model of AI, which again, is just giving it information and answering questions. Now I can say, write me a blog post. And guess what it does? It gives you a really good blog post or a really good email or really good social media captions or whatever you want because you've taken the time to put the work in. And I, I think that's the really cool parallel that we can draw here is maybe experts aren't needed, but nothing will ever replace the curiosity and the emotional intelligence of knowing how to still show up and be above the rest of the crowd. Yeah. That's really cool. and Really interesting. Total random sidebar. Have you ever learned sign language? <laughs> Just a little bit. But okay. if you ask me to say something right now, I couldn't give you more I than like either. the part of the I love but you or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? So I took a couple of classes in college, right? And when you're doing sign language, you set up the environment before you say what you want to say. Have you ever... Like, do you remember that? Oh, like, I've heard something like that. Like, yeah. Like when you're going to say, when you're going to describe a story, you don't jump into what happened in sign language. You like describe the room you're in and where people were. And like you, you set that whole backstory up before you then say what happened. And as you're talking about AI or about the prompts that you do and how you set it up, I'm like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. Um, it, I drew a random parallel yeah, when you, you know, that, that's a really good parallel because you're you're adding context to something that doesn't know it previously. Yeah, exactly. Right? So because they can't, yeah, they can't hear. It's just it it was it's really interesting. Um, sorry, I cut you off. No, never apologize for a possible breakthrough and the way to perceive something new in technology. This is why I do it. Okay. So, I mean, we could go down so many rabbit holes. I guess one thing, if you're listening to the show, you're like, okay, I still feel lost. I don't know where to start. So let's like, let's assume that you're listening to the show and you have a team of employees. Do you have any advice for them on how they can help support their teams going out and 
figure like exploring how AI could help their jobs. Like, should they give them a budget? Should they give them hours in the week to do it? Should they like how how could uh, somebody starting or listening to the show help their team members start to explore how it could help their jobs? That's a great question. There's a lot of ways employers manage their employees. So I'm not going to act like I know them all, but let's talk about a few. Um, some can be by KPIs. Some can be by understanding the tasks that go into the day-to-day uh, way that somebody operates. Others can be by having OKRs and understanding exactly what goes into performance reviews and things like that. So let's just use the, the KPI metric, for example. Let's say um, you're an employer, you have KPIs in your business, you understand exactly what you need to hit, some are internal, some are external, others are, are personal for that employee that, that you monitor. At least that's the way that I've done it in the past and it's worked really well for me, so I'll use my own example. Um, your external KPIs are typically around touch points that, that other people see. So maybe it's um, how many emails did that, did that team get out, what was the conversion rate, things like that. We won't we won't think as much about that because there's a lot of other contributing factors that go into that. But from a very data-driven metric, reverse engineer that for a minute with me and think about what does it take to hit those KPIs? So Jackie, let's say you've got one lead copywriter who oversees all the copy that goes out for your entire business, something simple like that. Well, let's think about all the things that that copywriter oversees. They likely oversee everything from what goes into this podcast to what goes into your email marketing, to what goes into blog posts, to what goes into social media captions, to what goes into white papers and maybe copy on your website. Well, there is only so fast that one set of human eyes can review copy, right? So, so there's that. But how much time would that person spend creating it? How much time would that person spend editing it? Like you can just, you can just kind of paint a picture in your head about, we'll use a copywriter as an example, but it could be any team member, anything that they do for you. Um, it could be evaluating SOPs if it's more operations. It could be balancing the books if it's on finance, right? So just think about that employee and then we can replicate this model. Well, if you were to challenge that employee to take inventory of everything they do in a day, in a week, in, in, a, in a payroll cycle, and maybe rate it with how much effort does that take? It doesn't mean it has to be great or bad. It just means like, what effort are they putting into it? Well, you could then narrow that list by what's the highest value output for what's consuming the most effort. And we can say, well, if you're spending a lot of time doing the research that goes into email marketing, for example, can we train AI by feeding it some past emails that did really well and ask it to write a draft about this topic, but just like these other ones that we did before? Well, the answer is yes. That's really easy to do. Step one, open chat GPT. Step two, copy one, the highest performing email that that person ever sent and type the word learn colon and paste that email in there. And then you can reply, Respond to me with what you just learned as a prompt for ChatGPT. And it'll say, sure, I just learned that Jackie's company is launching this new program and they just announced it to their email list. Great. Now you can go and say, write a similar email and talk about this new thing or talk about this update, whatever it is. And with that one quick little tweak, just, just experimenting, like this is a, 
this is a 90 second experiment, right? This doesn't mean that you have to put time on the books. It's not one-on-one -on -one time. You don't have to like have your headphones on and have the perfect Spotify playlist. Like we're just saying like, while you're drinking a cup of coffee or tea, you can experiment with this. See what the output's like. Just, just look at it together with that employee and say, how is it? Does that get you 20% of the way there, 40% of the way, 60% of the way there? And then we can replicate that model. For somebody on the finance side that's always in spreadsheets, they can install that extension that, that we connected on and say, like, what takes the most of your time? And it, the answer might be writing some of these functions that are just hard. Well, guess what? There's an AI tool for that. So can that just get you going faster? And we just we think about it in a very application-driven mindset. So what I love about this is it's not about replacing that employee. It's not about, I want the robot to take over so I don't have to pay you less. It's you have KPIs and your comp is tied to hitting these. And as an employer, we all thrive when we hit our KPIs and when we do well. How can we use technology creatively to let you hit those faster and give all of us more money, you more job security, and then find ways that we can just let the robot do the things that you are too good for. That's that's below your pay grade, if you will. And by the way, ChatGPT is free. <laughs> like It's not like this comes with a massive enterprise subscription for something that you're in contract for. Hell, even just paying for it, it's only 20 bucks a month at, in the current state. So it's it's shifting that mindset like we talked about. And then it's being very application driven. Is there, a, is there a time where your team is getting stuck on something? Well, this is an opportunity to fundamentally get them unstuck just so they can thrive. And now they've got this tool set. It's kind of like building a house without a hammer. Yeah, you could probably figure it out, but it's going to be pretty painful. It's going to be a lot more effective if you've got a tool that you may have not known existed until you just have that conversation with your team. Well, and it sounds like, well, I love that you give that um, distinction of the way you just described that is in true partnership of like, hey, let's figure this out together. Let's make your job easier because, you know, that is so critical. And so as a boss, if you're listening to the show, don't go to someone and be like, hey, figure out how chat GPT can do that for you. Like, they're going to be like, no, I don't, yeah. I'm Shots not going to, exactly, sure. <laughs> like screw off. I'm not going to like get my job replaced. So it's like, it is your approach to it, right? And the way you just describe that is what I would recommend as a good approach as well. So I'm glad you did that. Um, and then I guess the one thing else also that comes up is, well, two things is one, you kind of have to, as the leader, do some research to know what's available too. You can't just, it's just like when, when you're implementing a new project management software, you can't like force your whole team to use it. And then you still text them for everything. Like you gotta like still, you got to be a part of it. And so you should be the one also learning how to do it. And if you CEO are too busy, then look for somebody like Jim who knows how to do it. Like bring somebody else in to work with you and your team, but you can't just like know it's there and be unwilling to, to learn a little bit about it too. And it's just like my biggest frustration I see with a lot of um, leaders is they know it's there, but they don't, they're too busy to take the time to learn it themselves. So um, any advice that you have for somebody listening who feels like they're too busy to learn, like, to ease into it or I don't know, start to 
learn more about it versus just the, what's on the social media right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, social media can be great, but it can also be insanely overwhelming. I mean, I don't I don't know what everybody's feeds look like. I mean, I know what mine looks like, and it's a mix of AI tools, golf, and puppies and stuff like that, right? But um, I get flooded with AI stuff because that, that's my world. And I don't know how much of that shows up to everybody else yet because I really only see mine, and that's the joy of the algorithm. But as a small business owner, it's never been a more challenging time since our last recession to be in business, right? So we're doing everything we can right now to save money and to increase profitability, I'd like to think, in, in you know, as many cases as possible. So this is likely already on your mind. And don't let AI be the reason to do it. Let it be an opportunity to embrace it. So go, go on YouTube University and just watch a couple of videos of creative ways that people are using it to open you up. I mean, I post a reel and a carousel a day pretty much now just to like show ways that I'm using it because I love sharing something really cool. The other day I found a way, if you don't know what to type into chat GPT, you can copy and paste the template that I give and put it in there and it will coach you through having a really good prompt. It's a, it's about as meta as it gets, right? It's like, it's the prompt that creates the prompt and it will keep creating it until you're happy with it. But you better believe the output of that is, is wild, right? Like it's, it's, it's insanely powerful. So to be very actionable, there, there's a lot of ways to go about it. I have a lot of free content out there. Um, in fact, if it's helpful, I can mention I, I have, I have my, my, my top YouTube video that I've ever created. It was part of Fast Foundations. We gave it at the last mastermind. Um, I, walk, I walk the entire mastermind group through exactly how this works from start to finish. And we built a business from scratch in front of their eyes. And we created imagery and content for it. Everything from the ethos behind storytelling and creating like a VSL to the way to sell the program even before you build it. We did all that in 60 seconds. Um, and uh, if you want to check that out, fastfoundations.com slash chat GPT. Really simple. Um, hop on there. It's totally free. Uh, it's my favorite video. Me and RT jump up there and we talk about it. And um, I can send you the prompts. And you can copy and paste it and you can just see what it's like. So while you're letting something process or a big file upload, like just experiment. Just, just open yourself up to what's possible. And that's my favorite thing is I love getting blown away by all these new services every time they come out. Not because I'm like, okay, I've got 50 of them that I have to test, but because I'm trying to think of how that can fit into my world and my business, right? This could also be the unfair advantage that you've been looking for in your business to do something that nobody else is doing. Ask yourself if you were to adopt something that you didn't think was possible or you thought it was going to cost you too much because you needed a team member to have again, that expertise, what would it be like if that was actually at your fingertips? If you're a podcast production company and you're making social media clips, there are more services than ever now that will take a video and chop it up and add captions. And maybe that cuts off 80% of your overhead. If, if you're a copywriting company, like um, Jack, you know, we have the, the agency. I recently downsized for a lot of reasons, but the main business that we kept out of that is long form copywriting. And I, I went to my lead copywriter and I, I, I charged him with this challenge of let's come up with a process to use AI together to make this great. And, and he took lead of that with my challenge and he came back to me with a process that cut our overhead by 60%. 
So now we can charge half the price we were charging before with double the output and still make more margin. Ask me how sales are going. It's never been easier. So if you're, if you're not willing to get creative, your, your business is going to fall behind. I'm not even going to say I hate to say it. I'm just saying it. But where you're willing to experiment and try and find, open yourself up to what's possible and then bring it in, especially if you have a team. Present this as the next biggest opportunity that if we collectively as a team can embrace, this could change the game for our business. This could put us in noteworthy and newsworthy territory. That's the way to approach it. Totally. It's almost like the next time your team member says they're overwhelmed or overworked or you think you need to hire somebody, what if, I mean, I'm getting myself out of a job, but hey, whatever. What if instead of hiring somebody, you were like, how could AI solve this problem? Like what tools exist out there that could solve this problem and simplify this problem? Um, It's almost like a fun challenge that you could take on. For sure. That's a great way to approach it. In the past, uh, a way that a way that I've handled that conversation when somebody came to me is I just ask them to spend a little bit of their time every day and make a list of everything they're working on. Nothing fancy. It could be super rough, just in bullet point form. And then we look at that together and then we start to rate it and we say, well, what's taking the most time? And by the way, this isn't because I'm micromanaging. This is because I'm genuine, I genuinely want to help relieve that burden from you. And if I can find those opportunities, then great. Well, here's, here, here's, here's a really cool way to think about what AI can do. If you asked your team member to do that and they gave you all that content, just put it in a Google Doc. Really simple. You know, Monday, I did all these things. Tuesday, I did all these things. Wednesday, I did all these things. Open chat GPT and type, I'm an employer and I have an employee who feels overwhelmed. I asked that employee to make a list. You see where we're going with this. Uh-huh. Right I'm right. loving it. You I can see my face. <laughs> to make a list of everything that they're working on over the course of one single week. This is their job role. This is their job description. This is what they love to do. This is what they don't like to do. Evaluate the following list that my employee gave me and find opportunities, redundancies, and things that this employee shouldn't be doing and give me a prioritized list of the things that we need to cut, keep, or delegate. Could you write this in a Google Doc so I can have it as an opt-in on my website, please? Done. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and again, we're going to use AI to transcribe this, so exactly. we've got it, right? Exactly. But think of the, like, for anybody who's never used it, you're probably like, I have no idea what it's going to output. Spoiler alert, you're going to get some really good information. That's amazing advice. And and th- this is the thing. This conversation has never come up before. Jackie, the first conversation I've had about how to use it with team and hiring and everything. This is why I love the tech is because you don't have to master anything to get creative in your own space with what's possible. I'll give you another quick example. Like I said, I just recently downsized. You understand what it's like when you have to part ways with team that you love, right? I made some incredibly hard but necessary decisions that they're, they're, they're emotional. You know, like I care about the people that work for me and that I work with. And there was a day where I was just like, I was feeling that overwhelm and I was sitting here in this chair and I was just like, I I recently started going back to church. Like I've tapped into a lot to like find what I need to get through this hard time in business, right? Because I'm I'm reinventing too, I'm be really honest. And I sat there and I was like, you know what? I preach this tool. I should use this tool. So I went in and I typed something like, I'm an entrepreneur 
who am struggling with some emotional challenges right now, find a Bible verse that talks about courage when faced with a lot of difficult decisions. And while you're at it, find a, find a Psalm that makes it easy for me to understand. And then in addition to that, correlate it to a modern day scenario for what an entrepreneur would face. And I kid you not, Jackie, the response it gave me out of just asking it like that had me in tears. Not because it's this all-knowing thing, but because when you, when you get good enough at your own asks, and, and this is no different than just asking for help. All I did was ask it for help. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything right. I just tapped into what I knew I needed, and I asked it. And that kept me going that day. Like that gave me the, like the courage and the need to just keep going. So even if you don't use it in business, if you're, if you're struggling in your relationships with your kids, with anything, find ways that you can use technology to make your life better. And again, it's free. You know, it's, it's this tool out there that fundamentally will change our lives. It already is changing lives. It's changing the workforce, the dynamic, the way entrepreneurs show up. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is because we don't have to overthink anything anymore. It's a tool to let us just hit go. And when you can embrace that and you can really run with it, I, I, I can't wait to see what innovation and everything comes out of genius entrepreneurs, of passionate people who make an impact out there. And I'm proud to be one of them. And it's just that that's, that's my calling now is to, to be able to open entrepreneurs and business owners up to what's possible by just getting out of our own head and just asking for help from a piece of technology that clearly has it to give. Totally. Wow. I think that we're going to end on that note. Well, we're going to end on one other thing. Obviously people who are listening are probably like, okay, I need Jim. Like I need to, I need to, you have to start and ask Jim like something, I don't know, but how can. <laughs> See if that domain's know. available. Yeah. Ask Jim. Ask, ask Jimmy. Ask Jimmy. <laughs> ask Jimmy. Oh, here we um, go. Can you share, how can listeners like find out how, more about working with you or what you're up to in the world in case they want to like reach out to you to perhaps hire you to come in to help their business or themselves or, or where can, yeah, where can they find you? Oh, uh, for sure. Thank you for asking Jackie. So first of all, if you, if you just want to watch a video about ways that you can learn how to use this creatively, again, that was fastfoundations.com slash chat GPT totally free. It's up there. If you throw your email in, then you'll automatically get the prompts. It's a really easy way to just get into my head about the way I see the possibilities of it. Um, I, I offer free calls to entrepreneurs in this space for, for cases like this, jimcarter.me slash call. Um, really simple. Hop on there, book some time with me, send you a quick little survey about your business. It should take no more than a couple minutes. And then I find those opportunities just like we talked about, but I really personalize it for you. And that's my give back because I care about this and I want to find ways that people can save and make more and, and really support their company. Um, and just on social, I'm at cause hacker everywhere on Instagram is a preferred platform. If you've ever heard of the term growth hacker um, over the years, I, I was a growth hacker for a long time and I just got tired of chasing the money. Um, I wanted to do it for something different. And I was, I was up in the Bay area and I, I remember seeing a sign that was like, this is the land of startups, start something. And at the time I was like, I, I wanted to do it different. So one day I just changed my name from a growth hacker to a cause hacker. And now everybody knows me as that. So <laughs> that's how I show up. I try to find ways 
to support people with a mission and 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 with a purpose. And I hope that AI can be one of those things for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and listeners. Thanks for listening in on our our first conversation about this topic, which I'm sure will not be the last because it's going to change by the time this airs, we might be ready to record another one. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show and listeners. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to check out everything that he just, he just leveraged. We'll have it in the show notes and, and all of that stuff. So thank you, Jim. I appreciate you, Jackie. Thank you. If you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening. Share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth. Share it with a fellow business owner in your network who you know will be moved by the message. Heck, share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin. Your support in growing the show means the world to me. 